Disclosure. The information in this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, any and all information presented in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making any decision. What's up, everyone? Ben Keedy here with the WCP again, and the next podcast is with my buddy Charlie Van Derven. He runs Social Advisors, which is a essentially a consulting firm for financial advisors who are looking to do any number of things, but one of the big ones is establishing really sophisticated lead gen funnels and we talked about how advisors can differentiate themselves and brand themselves in various ways and how <clears throat> how that is really important into defining who you are as an advisor in your practice. And obviously, we did this with a little bit of a crypto uh, slant, but without much further ado, we'll jump into it. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. And we are live. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Ben. What's up? Good to see you again. You too, man. You too. It's been, uh, gosh, I, what what month was uh, was Jolt? I don't even know. That was beginning March, of May. May. Oh, oh, that's right. It was Cinco de Mayo. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Was, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. perfect. I shouldn't forget that, right? But yeah, it's uh, um, that was good, man. Good conference. Yeah. Yeah. For all the advisors listening, I also work at Snappy Kraken, which is a marketing automation company. And we put on our first conference at uh, in, in Las Vegas this year at the Aria. It's called Jolt. So I think pre-sales up. So if you want to go check that out, go check that out. But that's uh, where Charlie and I met. Yeah. And so that was a fun conference, right? I've been to, I've been to going to conferences in this industry for 20 years, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so that was fun. Just a lot of like-minded people, very casual. Yeah. Um, lots of people I met over the pandemic that I literally thought they existed from the, you know, from the chest up in a Zoom screen. Yeah, so, their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll yeah. tell you what, it was fun, funny because you you get an impression of what somebody looks like over Zoom. Yeah. And and then you run into them in person. And there was there was one person there who... Um, she might be four ten, but you wouldn't know that on oh, Zoom, yeah. right? So, yeah, right? Yeah. So that was yeah. that was a little surprising, you know. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah kind of just it's that's a that's a funny little your introduction is digital, and then all of a sudden you run into somebody in yeah. person. They're yeah. not exactly what you think. <laughs> I had I saw I don't know if maybe you saw this, but there was some like conference provider. I don't know if it was our industry, but they had like a their first conference after the pandemic was over, and they had like show up in your uh, pandemic attire. I think it was our industry because all these guys are in, you know, shirts and neckties and their jackets. And then beneath, they've got their basketball shorts and their Birkenstocks. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Which is pretty much my, my outfit every day. I don't, I don't yeah. go as far as the, the tie and jacket, right. But collared shirt, surf baggies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, shoot. I haven't worn a tie in years. I mean, weddings very occasionally these days. Wedding, so. wedding, weddings and funerals. That's it, man. I don't, yeah, I, yeah. I used to, you know, I, when I, so when I got started in this industry, it was websites, yeah. template, template driven websites back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And yeah. I was, you know, my, I guess in my late twenties, early thirties in those times. Hmm. 
And Ben, I would find myself in, you know, the boardroom at Morgan Stanley with their chief marketing officer and, you know, the top of their marketing department. Yeah. Totally fish out of water. Like I'm like, oh, what, for sure. what, yeah. 20, 28 years old. What the hell am I doing here? Right. Yeah. Oversize, I, I picture myself back then with these oversized jacket and ties. I didn't even know how to wear a suit back then, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, I treat it differently now. Things have changed. Yeah. Well, things let's, have I mean, I'll, I'll give the quick intro here for who you are, but then maybe you could start with just a little bit about how you got here and we can take it from there. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So um, today we have on Charlie Van Durven. He is founder. Do you call yourself president, CEO of Social Founder, president. Yeah. Whatever title. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Master of the universe. Um, yeah, sure. Whatever it requires that day. But yeah, so Social Advisors is... Uh, you know, branding marketing firms specifically focused on financial advisors. So Charlie, maybe just elaborate on that, kind of bring us up to speed on kind of how you got here. You started apparently at Morgan Stanley in uh well, that was, 20, I, I, so. yeah, I was a vendor serving Morgan Stanley at the time. So yeah, I'll go through all of that. So social advisors really is, um, uh, it's, it's a, uh, um, a company that simply what we do is help advisors implement systems for growth. Right. So it's hard to even pigeonhole it. Right. So yeah. certainly part of that is branding, though most advisors we work with come with their website done and their logo and sure. understand what their brand is and their mission is and things like that. But it really is going through a four step process to make sure they know exactly who they want to serve and who they serve well. Mm-hmm. understanding how to build as large a community around that persona as possible. LinkedIn's always great for that, but certainly there's a play for Facebook and other social platforms, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, um, and a lot of, a lot of our advisors are doing educational events and building their community that way. Um, and then it's nurturing, you know, right. Sales comes down to timing, Ben, you know, it's, yeah. you, you know, if, <laughs> sure if, if I, yeah, you're, you're, you're not going to convince me to buy something today with your magic words, but if I have a need, then we can get together on something and everybody's that way. Right. Yeah. Used to be, used to be trained that if you said something the exact right way, you could close business. It's not that way. Yeah. Everything boils down to timing. So advisors have to nurture, and I know you guys over at Snappy get this too, right? Yeah. Advisors have to nurture a huge network of people. Oh yeah. And, 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 you know, so we specialize in adding seven to 10 people every day that advisors are talking to that fit that really specific persona and then measuring that community that sometimes is three, four, five, six, 10, 20,000 people that fit that persona, measuring that community to make sure we know when someone's ready for the conversion conversation. So okay. anyway, okay. that's, yeah, it's not a very good elevator pitch. I get that. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, if you're adding like five to seven qualified a day, that's um, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're putting like uh, you know two fifty approximately people every month into uh, generically. I'll call it a funnel. Yeah, um, sure. but 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 it's a lot more than that. It's 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 not a specific funnel as as much as it's measuring all of their marketing assets and who's visiting sure. them and. You know, anyway, so sure, yeah, um, yeah. Data, data drives all of it. But I got this is, you know, this is where where I am on my on my evolutionary journey through financial services. I guess I uh, this this all started back in 1998. Um, you and I were chatting snowboarding before you know yeah. before we hit the record. I guess yeah. I was I was repping a a, a a brand in the snowboard industry in Duluth, Minnesota. Okay. Who who was and, that, by the way? Well, it was Oakley, so it wasn't even bored, but it was oh, okay. you know, go- goggles. and It was know, just so Oakley. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was cool. It was cool. I was in my mid-20s, but man, they, yeah. 
you know, they didn't compensate anybody really. And it was a brand, yeah. it was, it was Oakley clothes and, uh, and shoes. And, you know, so it was a lot of outerwear and Oakley was not yeah. known for outerwear at the time. Right. It was all yeah. glasses back then. So they yeah. took a bunch of young guys like myself and we busted our butts and opened up a bunch of, a bunch of doors and, um, they changed the comp plan. 34 guys quit the same day. Oh, and, wow. There uh, you go. And, yeah. And I think that's all strategic, right? They rolled it right into their Iowa reps. You know, yeah. so, yeah. so anyway, it was, it was a fun experience. They wasn't making any money, but it was really yeah. fun to, you know, just be the, the cool guy at the ski hill for, for a yeah. couple of years there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I'll tell you the day that quit, I found a company called 50 below, Okay. <clears throat> excuse me, 50 below out of the, in the newspaper, right. That's how we used to find jobs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so that was 98, 99 and 50 below amongst other verticals was doing, um, locator technology type in your zip code find the advisor near you okay okay and so like then, smarter uh, uh yellow pages type thing yeah right you go to morganstanley.com type in your zip code and that technology yeah. still exists there in fact i think their websites are still 50 below you know was was acquired by emerald and then broadridge oh um, wow look at that the evolution yeah so i'm there. yeah i got a bunch of buddies i used to work with who are still at broadridge right but okay, uh, yeah they might still have morgan stanley's websites i don't know but we we hosted locators and then uh data-driven templated sites for uh, a ton of wirehouses right so oh, okay, I, for sure. I, think we, I think we hosted 40 or fifty thousand websites yeah um which is easy to do when you know you make one deal and it's it's eight thousand websites yeah um and and we were first to market so you know it was yeah, but we were talking about it was weird because i was in my late 20s and i was you know oversized jacket and tie yeah. <laughs> in the, in the board, boardroom with the the chief marketing officer of morgan stanley anyway totally out yeah. of my, totally out of my yeah. mind um they, uh, the guys who ran that company were risk takers. They took one risk too many and, uh, the, the writing, the writing was, which is why Emerald, Emerald snapped them up at a dime. Yeah. And, uh, um, so the writing was on the wall. I went and worked with FMG suite for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily a model that I was in love with, but it was the next step in my journey. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it was the regulators love them. The firms love them. I didn't think it was real good for advisors. You know, it was just, uh, Here's here's your 250 pieces of content shared amongst 50,000 advisors, and you're like, well, yeah, I really am like everybody else. Well, that's sure. not the truth. And so, two yeah. years into that, two two years into that relationship, I started Social Advisors. Okay, it was two, 2013, I guess. Okay, uh, I say I say I guess, but I know exactly it was like October yeah. 13, 2013. Yeah, I can probably <laughs> tell you the time of day it was. Man. Yeah, um, but you know, we were really in the beginning. It was uh, we do social we do social media for financial advisors, and I really you mm -hmm. know. The day I built the website and got it all going, that was my mentality. But I really didn't even know what it was, sure, you know, what it meant. So we built custom content for quite a while. We still do a lot of custom content, highly personalized for the advisors we service. Yep. Um, and it's it's evolved into uh, uh, you know an automation stack that okay. originates, like we talked about, with you know LinkedIn, Facebook, and other ways to get people into uh into a crm environment yeah and then leveraging that technology to put a lot of content in front of a huge audience and measure who's really resonating with your content so that we can score them appropriately and then make you aware so you can you know reach out and they, they hit your website you know it before they are really off the website even you know so you're really sure. tracking okay. individuals is how they're how they're, how they're navigating through your marketing assets. So, okay. Well, that was, that was a mouthful, but that's, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's about 23 years of, uh, of my journey in in the industry. I've never sat on the advisor side of the desk. I think, okay. um, you know, I think, uh, I get special perspective that way. I've worked with 
tens of thousands of advisors over the years. So I'm drawn from experience on every one of those visits. And yeah, yeah, yeah man. And, and we're having fun, Ben. We're having fun. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot to kind of go off of there. Um, I personally would prefer to explore Oakley and snowboarding, but it's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was fun. I was in my mid twenties, and I was uh, I was a uh, you know a single partying guy in Duluth, Minnesota, and really yeah having a hell of a time, man. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I've uh, I've I've still got some dirtbag friends who live the life. Um, one of one of one of one of my buddies hooked me up with a brand new board for like sixty percent off. So it pays it pays to know a few of those guys. It does. I, I still got good friends who are in that industry for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, as far as you know, this particular podcast goes. But getting back to kind of the nitty gritty here, obviously we're focused on trying to help advisors and understand the crypto space, right? And you know, I think a lot of advisors maybe might. Like Ben, this is you know a marketing guy. Like, why why aren't we talking about hedge funds or you know tokens or something like that? But maybe a way to approach this is obviously people are getting more and more interested in this. Like, I mean, the fact that this podcast even exists is evidence of that. You know, for advisors on crypto, right? So um, maybe you could talk to a little bit about like what has your experience been over the last like five years about hearing about this and the advisors you work with or people sure. coming to you wondering how to engage or maybe uh, like you said, uh, differentiate, help stand out. Like are, are you fielding these types of conversations? Well, I'll tell you what I, I you know, so um, I've got just enough knowledge to be dangerous. So I'm not going to, you know, be an expert in an area that I'm not, uh, um, I'm, I'm not sophisticated in the way I trade crypto. Um, mm-hmm. I trade it, I trade it with a stock meant, you know, a stock type menta- mentality. Right. Yeah. Um, now, <clears throat> and in respect to, uh, in, in respect to the advisor community, yep. I will blanket statement, the more tools an advisor has, the easier it is to differentiate themselves. And I'll tell you, I'm a, the, the word fiduciary, right. Yeah. So first off, an advisor's got to have great knowledge in the space, like yeah. they do with everything else, to be able yeah. to trade on behalf of a client of theirs or make recommendations to a client. So that's number one. Is um, my 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 biggest fear around advisors is that it's bright and shiny, and I think some of that, a lot of that shine has worn off. Um, um, that, that is yeah. not a pun on a, on the, on a coin or anything like that. But yeah, you know, I think a lot a lot of that shininess has obviously worn off at this point. Um, but so long as the knowledge level is there, I think it's a it's it's another arrow in their quiver when serving a client in the best way they possibly can. Sure. Yeah. I, that, sure. And that's you know I mean that I don't know how much deeper we can go that than than that as far as the product is concerned. Um, oh yeah, and it, it's not so much more about product. I think it's more about how do you incorporate maybe something unique that you do into communicating that to clients and prospects, right? So like you, you talked about generating five to seven, you know, qualified people a day. How, how are, do a lot of advisors you work with kind of, I mean, I would assume it's probably not best to lead with product and sort of verticals, right? But you still need to be able to specialize too at some point, because that's what a lot of people are looking for. Yeah. And I, I think the importance is the ability to differentiate. I, um, I, I may get it wrong, but I think uh, the last FINRA numbers I saw probably from last year, 681,000 advisors in this country. 
sense in the ballpark. Yeah. Depending yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that's advisor. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think, you know, and that included RIAs, right? So it was a mm-hmm. FINRA number, but it, it did include the RIAs. Um, and I'm sure that's not all practicing, right? I mean, maybe that's, yeah. you know, my best guess would be maybe 400,000 practicing, whatever that is. Um, but you still, you know, that's still a ton of competition, no matter where you go. For sure. So the ability to differentiate around crypto and, and a, you know, a handful of other things, because it really is, you know, uh, it, being really frank with you and your audience, um, listen, advisors are different in all the same, always the same way, right? Yeah. So you'll talk to 100 advisors, they're going to tell you they're different. 98 of them are going to say it's because of their service. Well, yeah, the fee only, everyone's fee only these days, right? Yeah. And people kind of do lead with that um, in a lot of ways. And obviously it's nice that you're in theory on the same side of the trade, but if everyone else is saying it. Yeah, it's no longer a differentiator. Yeah. So any way that you can set yourself apart from, uh, from that herd is certainly welcome. And actually it makes growing your practice that much easier. Sure. Sure. So when you're like consulting with people on maybe some, maybe an advisor is kind of stuck and isn't quite sure how they stand out. Like, how do you, how do you help them kind of get there? Right. And think it through. Yeah. So I, the most important thing we do is really narrow the scope of who they're trying to do business with. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, you, too often when I ask, who do you want to work with? You know, the replies, if you can fog a mirror or anyone, yeah, anyone millionaires, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And, yeah. and uh, our retirees and pre-retirees, which is absolutely everybody. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's the, the first thing that we need to do is really get narrow. Yeah. Um, and, and understand that, um, because of that competition that we talked about, yeah. Getting narrow allows you the differentiation um, and the removal of a lot of that competition. So if you're going to focus on crypto and you want to market around crypto, first off, it's easy to find an audience for your message because of the number of groups that you could be a part of, right? I mean, there's, it's, it's just, whether it's a LinkedIn group or a Facebook group or the the number of, yeah, (laughs) yeah, right. Exactly. Right. So it's, it's, it's fairly simple then to find the audience you're speaking to. And while there's, while there's going to be other advisors there, there's not going to be a thousand other advisors there. Yeah. Right. So it, it helps to narrow the scope of what, of, you know, help to narrow the, 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 the competition, if you will. Sure. The other thing is it allows you to speak very personally with the audience you're nurturing. Right. So whether you get narrow on crypto or you get narrow on, you know, a certain set of business owners in a geographic area, that doesn't matter. What matters is you start to speak their language. Sure. Okay. So if if someone's interested in crypto and you can speak to crypto intelligently, you're a logical person for them to work with. Yeah. But the guy in the Raymond James office a mile across town He's just another advisor to them, right? So that's a huge yeah. differentiation, and the way that you, uh, you know, the way that you can take advantage of that very narrow scope of 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 who you're seeking. Gotcha. So that, I mean that that I guess intuitively makes sense because I mean more traditionally I've heard you know kind of work with people around things you like, 
but sure. I've sure. never really heard like, well, really why, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like yeah. I like to drink beer and snowboard. Like, I didn't know I had clients I, there. Like you, you would have an audience there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of us, Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would have, I, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, and, and I think, I think part of that when, when we talk, when I talk with advisors about networking, it's still, still an important thing to do. Same thing. Network in areas, obviously, that have the affluence you're looking for, but network in areas that are of interest to you. Sure. Because if you're going to the, you know, the, the Kiwanis Club meeting to meet, you know, I don't know if Kiwanis has affluence. Yeah. I just bring that, yeah. bring that. I don't know if they do or not, but I just bring that. I, they're they're still around. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a Wisconsin thing. I grew up knowing Kiwanis in Wisconsin. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, if, if you're there just for the fact, just for the opportunity to meet the affluent people that are in that community. <clears throat> you're going to get real bored real quick and you're not going to stick with it. And and we know, yeah. you know, we know on this side of things that, you know, consistency is, is really one of the most ingredient, most important ingredients in growth sure. is being consistently present in that audience you're building. Yeah. Um, so if you're not interested in it pretty soon, you know, you go to three of them, you're like, Oh, that's boring. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I would say pick something you're interested in, whether it's crypto or snowboarding and drinking beer or, yeah you know, sailing or I don't care what it is, you know, expensive cars, whatever, make sure there's affluence involved and make sure that you have interest. Yeah. Because if you don't have interest, you're, it's a short term, it's a short term habit for you. Okay. So when you think, so I guess a couple of things, so you have affluence, you've got your interest and then how else do you try and advise people to get narrow? Are there certain personality traits or things that you, you guide people to or you know, just how, how else do you continue that process? Yeah. Uh, oppor opportunity matters, but then none of us want to work with, you know, crappy people. Right. Sure. So yeah. certainly, certainly personality traits. Yeah. Um, now difficult. There's, there's a couple little tools that, uh, that we use. I'm trying to draw, I'm drawing a blank right now, but it'll come to me in a second. Um, there's a personality tool that you can layer right over LinkedIn profiles. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, it'll come to me before we're done recording, but okay. so we'll we'll we'll, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll get a crystal knows. So it's crystal k n o w s dot com. Okay, it's, it's pretty cool, right? So it's it's based off a disk assessment, and and what it's doing is when you look at the profile of somebody on LinkedIn, it's assessing the content in their profile to tell you approximately where they lie in a disk assessment. Oh, interesting. So, so you can get a pretty good idea. And really, we use it more from a sales perspective. Yeah. Because it's going to tell you, here's who this person is yeah. and approach them this way. You know, yeah. don't, don't no, no fluff, doesn't matter. Get right to the point. Anyway, so it's a pretty cool little tool. Um, Crystal knows I'm not endorsed by them in any way whatsoever, but yeah. <laughs> we, we use it. I love it. Um, yeah. Now, if you've got a company like Social Advisors or Snappy running, running their LinkedIn profile, it doesn't do you any good. But yeah. if they've built their LinkedIn profile, it's pretty nice. Now, personality traits matter, right? Certainly, um, one of the missions I'm on in life right now is uh, is a mindset mission. I'm really sure. you know, st studying a lot about the law of attraction and and mindset and 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 really, you know, trying to as as hokey as it might sound to some people, really trying to kind of tune into the frequency of what I want out of life, right? Mm. There's there's a whole lot more out there than running a business and you know, working the grind every day yeah. Um, yeah. and and really trying to attract those types of things in my life. And so that's a mission I'm on. I had a, a webinar with a, a wonderful person named Beth McGill on Tuesday. She, I hosted her on our, on our guest webinar. It was all about 
mindset and attracting the right people. Now, unfortunately, you got to kiss some frogs before you find the people you want to work with. And, and early in a career, it's tough to do. Early in a career, when you're, when you're revenue driven, you got to kind of take anything that comes your way. You mean I don't get 10 million qualified people that I love showing up on my door with you? Yeah, like not, I can't, <laughs> can't, can't wait to get in, right? Uh, but early, you know, when, when revenue dominates, you got it early in your career, you, you, sure. you can't be as, a select, as selective. But as your, as your career matures, you really can craft a business with people you like. If, 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 if crypto is of extreme interest, man, you could build a business of, you know, you might have to take some people who don't want that product mix in the beginning. Yeah. But yeah. If, that's where, if that's where you want to go with your practice, it's not going to take you long before everybody you're talking to is into the same stuff you're into. Yeah. And every conversation you get into, you're jazzed about talking to that person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Person, personality certainly matters, but again, you got to kiss some frogs to find the right people. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> I, I definitely see all that's important and where I was kind of, what I was writing down and I wanted to make sure I hit was, so, you know, you get narrow and then obviously you got to figure out how to like get in front of these people. Like, how do you stay engaged? Right. I'd be curious to know like what you think are the most effective and also creative ways just to stay top of mind and be in front, in front of somebody like obviously snappy's great. Like if you don't have the time or ability or, you know, resources to go like full, you know, creative, like marketing consultant, do that whole thing. Like yeah. that's, that's not for most people. So snappy fits great for a lot of advisors, but, right. Uh, right. but yeah, I guess I'd be curious to know like what you've seen that's creative and effective over the years. Well, I'll tell you, I think the best platform for content marketing um, is, uh, and, and content marketing certainly is an opportunity for that. <clears throat> um, LinkedIn has approximately 3 billion views in North America every week. Literally 2% of that network is sharing content. Yep. So as content goes, I think probably your best platform is LinkedIn. Now we all know LinkedIn is a, you know, is a, is a, is a, a huge network of people selling stuff. Yep. Right. Well. So, <clears throat> so, I mean, right. That's, that's what Instagram is too. Like you're just buying protein powder and, uh, you know, yeah. and clothes and stuff. <laughs> but, but I'm not on Instagram talking about social advisors. We've got a presence there. Yeah. Right. But I'm not there actively selling services. Sure. I love Instagram, but it's a, it's a playground for me. Yeah. Right. LinkedIn is business for me. Right. And I got a gr- bunch of great relationships. I don't mean to minimize it to that. Right. I've built, you know, so many great relationships with people on LinkedIn over the years. Um, but that's also, you know, the, the catalyst for most of our client acquisition and frankly, the client acquisition of most of our, of our advisor clients too. Um, so, you know, and I love, man, I'll, I'll scroll through some TikTok and I'll, you know, listen, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say that I am one of those people that rolls over in the morning, grabs my phone yeah, and I'm not checking email and stuff, man. I'll play a game and let my brain wake up a second. Um, Second means 20 minutes before, you know, and Instagram's always part of that scroll, Yeah, but it's not, but it's not business related. Yep. I rarely hop on LinkedIn in a casual way. Mm -hmm. Like I'm on LinkedIn for a purpose, you know? Yeah. Now, if your audience is on LinkedIn, it's not perfect for everybody, but if your audience is on LinkedIn, it's really important that you're sharing content consistently. And, yeah. You know, snap, snappy drives some of that easy, you know, it's a, it's an, it's, it's an easier strategy, a less involved strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get what you're going to get when, you know, when you're putting content out there blindly, if you will. Yeah. 
Now, if you're engaged in the content you're posting, like you're engaging with other people, part of that algorithm on LinkedIn is when, when I'm present, LinkedIn showing my content to a lot more people. Yeah. Because they want to start the engagement, right? Yeah. So you're talking just likes, conversations back and forth. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. If I'm, if I'm in there engaging with people, the content I share is reaching a larger audience. When I stop engaging with people, the content reaches less people. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn wants me to be present so that I can start conversations and they get more, you know, they get more value out of the platform when, you know, when we're all interacting. Right. So yeah, I, if you're if you're going to do content marketing, I really think that LinkedIn is is the best place to do it. Sure. Um, you know, I'd, certainly if you're posting to LinkedIn, you might as well post to Facebook and Twitter and wherever else compliance lets you do that. Yeah. Um, I notice for business content right now, Facebook doesn't show it to anybody unless you want to spend some money. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I, as I've gotten more active on LinkedIn, um, you know, the if I'm if I'm an advisor. There are certain professions that are, and I'll tell this to advisors too, that I consult with is there are certain professions that are all over LinkedIn all the time. Right. So like, and it is in that business capacity. So like, if you're looking to differentiate and like, maybe say, here's actually a free tip for advisors listening. Say you wanted to get into crypto and are really interested in say people who might be doing that stuff. Look for the sales reps, look for the people, the biz dev reps who are a part of these companies because they're all over LinkedIn all the time. And if you can, and they're searchable too, like crypto, DeFi, Web3, easy enough. You can build a huge list of people there and, you know, you just got to reach out with the right message. And like you were saying, just post the right things, but, you know, they need to be active. They need to be there, right? You wouldn't generally go to LinkedIn for like a doctor or a nurse, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, private practice, but, but yeah, you know, medical professionals, a little bit lesser. Definitely. I mean, you know, business owners are all over the place, even, even plan sponsors. If you're a 401k advisor, yeah, you know, we can find plan sponsors all day long. Um, But you gotta, you know, if we get, if we get 10 connections of business owners a day for an advisor that's focused on business owners, yeah, that's probably four or five for medical professionals. Okay. Just just because they're less present, you know? Yeah. Lots yeah. of profiles, lots of profiles, but they're less present. They work for a hospital. They don't have anything to sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah. when when advisors come to you and are looking to say, you know, grow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and LinkedIn is, I guess, the preferred source. What types of people are they generally kind of looking at? Like, is it just generically business owners, or are you getting way more granular in your? We approach? get it. We get we get very granular. We run yeah. we run a lot of recruiting campaigns right now. Recruiting campaigns are through the roof right now. With oh, uh, so for like people yeah. to be junior advisors or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and there's such a migration. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, there's such a migration to independence. Oh yeah. I I, I think I think. Um, Products like crypto lend themselves to that. You know, we'll get, we can get deeper into that because I'm a big advocate of, I think, I think Ben, it's really difficult to work for Morgan Stanley and call yourself a fiduciary. And, yeah. And- you know, as a former Morgan Stanley guy myself, like it would, I personally think that that investment banking ultra high net worth model works really well. If you've got like a hundred million bucks plus. Right. And you can leverage the full aspect of the bank. But if you're going to go pay your one and a half, 200 basis points to Morgan Stanley for some mutual funds, like, I don't know if you need to do that. You know, in a, in a really general sense, um, 
the firm comes first, the client comes second, right? Yeah. I mean, you work for Merrill Lynch, they expect you to send so many lending leads to Bank of America every month. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What if, what if my clients don't want banking or need banking? Yeah. Send, you got to hit, you got to hit that number anyway. Yeah. Right. Here's, yeah. here's our, here, here's our list of third party. Um, oh, by the way, we're not going to mention that the first, the top five listed are, you know, are, are, are more um, vested in what we do at the firm. Yeah. They get, they get favoritism. Right. Yeah. So I, I really, I really believe it's difficult to serve the firm and your client as a fiduciary. Yeah. You know, yeah. so anyway, and you know, I'm sure there's lots of people out there, help people that I coach that are like, yeah, but I'm a Morgan Stanley advisor. I could yeah. Morgan Stanley advisor. Cool. Yeah. You know, we'll help you exist in your environment. I just, I think that, you know, when you get into a more independent role in the industry, yeah. gosh, how do we, how do we, how do we get down this path, man? Yeah. I, 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 re, I remember, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it in a second. I remember where it originated, yeah. but you know, if, if uh, so the, the, re, the recruiting, right. I mean, the, the, the migration from that captive firm environment to, you know, independent broker dealer or hybrid or straight RIA. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a migration that I've seen happen for 20 years, but it's faster today than it's ever been. Well, it's also gotten a lot easier too, right? Like right. people yeah. who started RIA, you know, in the nineties were yeah. pioneering it. Like, what does for this sure. really mean? Whereas now there's a pretty like tried and true path. You could go to like RIA in a box and get it all done for what two grand, three grand, or something? It's not much, man. It's not yeah. much. May, maybe six or eight weeks, and you can hang your shingle. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah, it's it's certainly uh, pretty easy to make happen now. Uh, but it comes with big risks too, right? Like um, sure. I've heard wirehouse guys who think about going to RIA, and then they're like, "Wait, I gotta assemble this technology stack. Like, how do I bill? You know, how do I get paid? Like, yeah, yeah." And, and all of that is part of what you get on the indie side. So, yeah, I think, you know, as technology becomes more and more commoditized, yeah. it becomes dogs, but dogs, I don't know if you can hear them. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I, I, I heard them growl. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I guess it's dinner time. My little guy uh, sitting right at my feet. He's just, it's Leon. It's two forty-five. It's way too Yeah. Early. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's dinner. It's dinner time in my, in, in my, in my, uh, yeah. in my time zone, Leon. Um, yeah, I you know it's I, I think as technology becomes more and more commoditized, um, it is uh, it's it, that move becomes much easier. It's not just working with the consultant, and certainly the mm -hmm. consultants are going to point advisors who are making that move in the right direction. Yeah, um, but you know, the firm treats technology as a project, mm -hmm. right? Wells Fargo advisors, Wells Fargo decides, hey, we really need to revamp <clears throat> marketing technology in 2022. And so they they make their capital investment, they they revamp their marketing platforms, and then they move on to the next project. And they'll put band-aids on what they've got for the next five or seven years or whenever it's budgeted again. Yeah. Right. But now yeah. they're on whatever their financial planning software is or whatever the next piece of that puzzle is for them. That five to seven years after they finish that marketing stack, it sits pretty idle. Oh, yeah. And in that time, you've got all these great players who are just moving way too fast. Yeah. 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 You know, so you look at, um, you know, I mean, Orion, you know, Orion, how fast is Orion growing? Snapping up you oh, know, yeah, red, red tail. And, that was a big one. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. 
Yeah. Um, you know, your, your uh, Snappy's relationship with advisor websites. I mean, look how fast that's advancing. I mean, wow, man. Yeah. So while, the, while you're working at Wells, I, should, I probably shouldn't even throw firm names in here. I get a CSS letter or something, <laughs> I right? I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just throwing out a, you know, a generic example, right? I'm yeah. not saying Wells and anything specific about Wells, but when you're, you know, you're at, you're at the firm and you're stoked on your technology right now, five years from now, you're 20 years behind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it can change really fast. Yeah. So I, I think being in that independent space and having your choice of technology, while it may seem like a burden because there's a lot to choose from, your options are so great. Yeah. You so know? from uh, from a technology side on the branding marketing side, like what do you what do you generally like to recommend? Because you know, like if you if you really want to do your own stuff on the independent side, you could go yeah. get Salesforce, you get HubSpot, you get Active Campaign, you get Snappy, you could get yeah. you know all these, all these things, yep. which is, can be incredibly overwhelming. And then you don't even yeah. incorporate the automation and the social stuff and video yeah. and it's editing so, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So many people are just using the tip of the iceberg, right? They're using what yeah. they need as opposed to using what they, you know, if, if they just didn't hop on that learning curve for a little bit, they'd have so much more capability. Um, there are more than 770 CRMs on the market right now. Really? <laughs> Dude, 770. <laughs> Yeah. That's and, and, you not... know, I, they, they'll treat MailChimp like a CRM too, right? So that incorporates oh, so, yeah. a lot of different type of technology. 770 to choose from though, Ben. Yeah. Um, and, and you named off the biggest names in the industry, right? HubSpot and Salesforce and Keep and, you know, yeah. ActiveCampaign and, and, and others, right? Um, we love a technology called SharpSpring. You know, um, I have heard of that. I've never it used is, it before. Dude, it's the coolest. And it is, um, it's, so they recently purchased by Constant Contact. Oh, yeah. On their website right there. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe the last, with definitely within the last year. So now they've got okay. some pot, they've got some deep pockets too, which is great. Okay. Um, and, and the one, the one drawback of SharpSpring was their email builder. So I'm sure oh, okay. that, you know, constant contact will, will up yeah, that. Yeah. They say they've got an email building. <laughs> yeah. They got it. They got a thing or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's what, here's what I love, right. Is um, so, so I've kicked the tires on so many CRMs over the years. Um, yeah. And, and we land, we use SharpSpring. We were on keep three or four years ago. We switched over to SharpSpring. We resell okay. it. So let me be totally transparent. We are a reseller of this technology. Okay. You yeah. can buy, you can buy it directly. But it is, um, you know, it's a bank, it's a blank canvas. And oh, okay. To have, to have you, them set it up for you is, is you know. Do you guys have an advisor out of the box model that you rep, or? Well, everything we do is custom, right? Okay. Because every everybody's got custom needs, so we do build it specific for the advisor. Now, it is not a client facing tool, or not client facing, but it is not a client data tool. It is a marketing platform. Yeah. Okay. So, so we would typically, you know, if someone says they're on red tail or they're on wealth box or whatever they're using, we're like, yeah, keep that 45 bucks a month. Keep that all day long. Yeah. Um, you know, it's set up to, to yeah. service your clients, but it's not a marketing platform. So yeah. what I love about SharpSpring is um, you can load all of your marketing media through it. Okay. Right. So, so, you know, code your website, load all your, your key videos, okay. all your social media content gets loaded through that platform. If you run any advertising, your ads get loaded through that platform. So okay. when you connect with somebody at a networking event or um, on LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever you might meet them, right? Yeah. They get placed in that platform. 
And of course, you're marketing to them and they're seeing your marketing assets and they get an email from you once or twice, you know, once or twice a month or however often, you know, your uh, whatever your cadence is with that. Um, they see your social media content, they give it a like, they hit your website. Every activity they do around those marketing assets scores them. Yeah. So they hit your website, they get five points. They open an email, they get two points. They click the link, they get two more points. They watch your YouTube video, they get a few points. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever it is that they do, they hit the feeds page on your website, a huge buying signal. Maybe that's worth eight points, right? Okay. The platform allows you to set a threshold. When they reach 150 points, yeah. then put them down this channel, right? So most advisors I know are brought up in this pretty heavy sales environment. Always be closing. Oh, that's the warehouse for sure. Always be closing. Always be yes. closing. How many people have that training, right? Yeah. So sales isn't done that way anymore, right? In order to be an effective salesperson today, you got to have really good marketing, right? Because yeah. you're nurturing, you're nurturing a network of thousands of people. You're an influencer. No matter how many people you're, you're an influencer to, you're an influencer. Yeah. They're going to tell you when it's time. The harder you push to try and make it time today, the less likely you are to ever do business with them. Yeah. Right. So the the um the ability to score them without calls to action, right? Stop, stop sending. Call me if you have a question today. Stop sending that stuff. The yeah. ability to score them when they consume your content, when they hit that 100 or 150 points, now you put call to action in front of them. Right. So oh, okay. Right. They've qualified yeah. themselves. They've said, Ben, I'm checking out everything you do. I'm on your webinars. I'm doing everything you tell me to do. You know it, Ben. Now the system will automate an email out that says, Oh, hey, Ben, you and I met wherever. We met on LinkedIn or wherever we met. I'd love to get better acquainted with you. Of course, we know they're all over your stuff, right? So yeah. yeah. So you hold that back until okay. you know they're they're resonating with you. Is there uh like a critical mass that you try to hit for it to be most effective? Like, you know, this number of prospects, people in your network. Yeah. Per, per, percent, you know, percentages being what they are, the more you have, the better. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you're going to connect with people who connect with you and then never, ever interact with you again. And that's cool. Yeah. Six months later, we can boot them out of your system. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, not really, Ben. I mean, you know, more is better, right? So sure. yeah. know, we got, we got a couple hundred, 500 is better than 200, a thousand is better than a hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Talk, it's it's just as easy to talk to, you know, 10,000 as it is a thousand. Yeah. And what types of like collateral pieces of content are you generally trying to get people to do? Like I know a lot of advisors who've been in it a long time, like um, one of the, like the hometown hero here is all worth financial. Um, yeah, sure. I, I don't know if you know, uh, uh, Pat McLean and um, what's his name? Hanson. I'm blanking on it. But they're big into radio. They've been doing, uh, what is it, Money Matters for 30 years or something like that. And it's, I think that is basically why they are the way they are. Yeah. But, you know, radio show every day is tough, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on like, you know, if, peop if people come to you and say like, we're not doing anything. Well, yeah. what's like your first couple of things? Like, hey, you should at least try and do these things. Right. Um, well, you know, obviously you got to have a brand that, that, that demonstrates credibility, yeah. right. And, and, and certainly websites can be a conversion tool today, but more than that, I think it's almost like, we just got to go in and make sure that we're, you know, we're, we're dotting our I's and crossing our yeah. T's. On Clean, professional, yeah. easy to right. get in touch with. Like, yep. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, in, in the world of FINRA and SEC regulation, you're not going to say anything that anybody else isn't saying anyway. Right. You know, no guarantees, no guarantees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. 12% return. No problem. Right. Whatever that is in a down market. Um, so, but you know, if you do specialize in crypto, obviously, you know, the, where, where you specialize should be all over your stuff, right. Or who Mm. you specialize with, um, should be all over everything. Um, I, I get a lot of pushback on that, but Charlie, I don't want to alienate the people I've already got. Listen, we can write it so that it includes them, but when we're marketing to a very small segment, you need to talk to those people too. So, um, so, you know, certainly website and your digital presence and setting up your Google, you know, your your Google and all the basic stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, social media profiles are really important with a backlink to the website. So your SEO gets better. Yep. 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 Now this is a, I'm going to, I'm going to lay out a strategy that I love that I right. use that I get in, that gets me in front of multiple people every day that fit the description of who we might want to do business with. Ben, mm-hmm. too often advisors want to, again, coming from that traditional sales environment, advisors want to sell. Yeah. I know a lot of advisors who can't turn that off. Yeah. Um, we did a push into one firm. I won't tell you the firm's name. Um, but we did a push into one firm for a while. Oh, they got some stuff going on. We want to get in there. We want to grow business around whatever they got going on, right? Almost everybody I connected, every advisor I connected with from that firm, as soon as we connected, I got a message that said, Charlie, do you have an advisor? Yeah. <laughs> there was no, not like no effort to even buy yeah. dinner. Hey, you know? I'm doing the selling here, not you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, there's, you know, there was no massaging anything whatsoever, yeah. right? It was right to the freaking point. So yeah. Instead of approaching people in that level, on that level, why not do a podcast? Or, or Ben, you know how much production has to go into a podcast. My dog's barking and things like that. You're going to edit that out or not. And and then then you get it. But then you get a pure, you know, a lot of people are going to go in there and got to do fine tuning on the editing, all this other stuff. right? Oh, yeah. I I got a quick aside. Yeah. Podcast is easy enough if you've got a laptop. And so you need a USB mic. You need a piece of software like Zoom to record. The USB mic is by far the biggest game changer you could do. You can get some marginal benefit, I think, on doing like really fine tuned editing if you really want to. Yeah. to your point, I think if you really just have something interesting you want to say, you can get an audio only thing up in pretty, you know, a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, com- now compliance is going to, you know, it's going to be tough for some people because of compliance, right? Yeah. Depending on where you are, for sure. Yeah. So if that's the case, I would recommend you keep a blog and it's in the same vein. I'll get to the point where I'm, where I'm going here in a second. Now, yeah. when you talk to compliance, don't tell them it's a blog, tell them it's an article. It's amazing what the difference between those two words will mean for compliance. Yes, you can do an article. No, you can't do a blog. Um, so yeah. call it an article. It's It'll make okay. all the difference in the world. Uh, right? Interesting. So stop approaching people trying to do business with them. Yeah. Right? Start approaching them, trying to, co- trying to tap into their knowledge and experience. Mm-hmm. Right? So let's say you do business owners, you do business with business owners in metro charlotte and you know whatever yeah. type of business owner you want to work with right start a, an article don't call it a blog again start an <laughs> article a, a, coll- a collection of articles yeah <laughs> for business owners in charlotte right? yeah you've got people who have been doing business in charlotte and i just bring up that that city for whatever reason but mm-hmm. you got you got people doing business in charlotte for 30 years yeah 
if you approach them to tell you more, you tell them you want to talk to them about their exit planning, oh, they great. go, dude, you're the fourth person this week. This, this already, uh, this already clicks. Um, yeah. But if you approach them and say, I keep an article of business owners in Charlotte, I publish one a week. You've been around this time. I'd love to write about you. Yeah. Now here's what happens, right? And there's a ton of business owners you can meet on LinkedIn. I mean, this is an easy strategy, right? So you approach them about that article. You record that article on Zoom like we're doing right now or even over the phone. And uh, and you can transcribe it on Otter or Fireflies or one of these transcription services. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be about 75% accurate. So you got to put a little time into cleaning that thing up. Once you've got compliance approval on it, you post it to LinkedIn articles. But during yeah. that interview interview process, you ask them questions about what's painful for them, right? Yeah. And, this is great. And, I love this. <laughs> yeah. Now keep that in your back pocket. Don't say, oh, you're having trouble yeah. with taxes. How are you going to avoid taxes in, that, you know, in, in the exit of the business? Don't yeah. say, I can solve that for you. Just go on with your interview. Keep that in your back pocket. Yep. Once you publish your article to LinkedIn, you reach back out to that business owner. Here's a couple of pieces of content I'd love for you to share because we want to drive more traffic to that article. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Business Owner, you mentioned taxes and you know in your secession, whatever that might be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't. Know, you don't have to work with me, but I got knowledge on that topic. Can I buy you a cup of coffee? Oh my gosh, this is great. I didn't. <laughs> I uh, super simple. I have been doing this basically without even knowing it. As soon as you started talking it through, I was like, for me with starting this, it was just always an interesting way to network around the industry around something I was interested in. Totally. totally. And in reaching out to people, I think I'd mentioned this to you offline, like the hit rate on people just saying, Hey, yeah, I would love to talk. Yeah. You know, whether like, and I'll tell people like, if you run a hedge fund, I did, I did a hedge fund guy the other day. I was like, if you want to talk your book, talk your book. I don't care. I'll ask you questions about it. Like, um, we can take it wherever you want, but people have been remarkably open to just, you know, just talking about what they do. Yeah. Right. Now the first response I get is, but that's contrived. But Ben, do you want to bring knowledge to the industry about crypto? Absolutely. Yeah. Do, Do you, is it, is it helpful when you talk to advisors, uh, who have knowledge in crypto? to make sure. that happen. It's yeah. not contrived at all, man. And if they have a problem that you can solve, you'd be, it'd be, it'd be a mistake for you not to tell them. Oh, I've picked up, I mean, shoot the guy yesterday, I picked up some interesting things to kind of think about um, in terms of potential investments and tokens and stuff. Obviously yeah, none man. of this is financial advice, so I'm not going to say anything, but yeah, sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it gave me some great ideas. And for anyone who listens to that episode, you're going to get some great ideas there too. Like, um, Quick aside, he spent like almost 20 years at Fidelity building the wealth tech platform. He knows his wow. stuff. So, yeah, cool. Yeah, like he has some interesting ideas on what, you know, tokens and ideas and themes you could take going forward. So uh, yeah. that'll be podcast number nine and your number 10. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Which makes you a statistical anomaly. That's, I tell my wife that and she's yep. not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what the number is. What, like 90, 90% yeah. of podcasts never make it to the 10th episode or something like that. I, well, I heard that on yours with, um, yeah, with Brian. With, yeah. Which I actually really love. So quick plug for you on that podcast, yeah, thanks, for any advisors man. out there looking to kind of think about scaling and flipping the switch from, you know, solo advisor to business owner, entrepreneur, 
That's a great one to go listen to. There's some really good stuff in there from uh, yeah. Brian, right? Yeah, Brian Carney. Um, Brian's awesome. I was in uh, I was in Delaware a couple of weeks ago, so I actually got to sit down and meet him meet him in person recently too. Super yeah. good guy. Um, and uh, yeah, so Brian Carney, Rivers Edge Advisors LLC in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, and Brian's a guy I met on LinkedIn. Yeah. Now, so, so there you go. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that conversation's all about putting the right people in the right seats to be able to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'll tell you, so my, my podcast is RA Collective and the core of that podcast is helping, you know, interviewing people like Brian, who I don't remember where Brian started, but it was a captive environment. He's gone to, he's started as RIA now, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, and so it's interviewing guys like Brian who have been through it for those people who are in a position at a captive firm that they're thinking about independence. And, and, uh, and so here's, what's cool about that, Ben, they're bringing great advice to the industry. I truly believe that as we covered the, the only place you can really be a fiduciary is when you're completely independent of outside firm yeah. pressure. Right. Yeah. That that's so, so there's a pure play. The industry is better for clients on a, on a, in a, on a greater level of independence, let's say fiduciary anyway. Yeah. Now, I host this podcast. I interview leadership at RIA to bring this message to the masses. Mm-hmm. Those those leadership at RIA are great clients for us. Oh, for now, sure. Yeah. Now, I, I don't jump in there and say, hey, you should work with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't hurt that they get to know me. We get to build some rapport. They see my content. When they have a need, they reach out. Well, yeah. And I think one thing, too, like all these people intuitively know that like the content marketing and getting their name at any time they can talk shop in a long format, meaningful way, like matters. So everyone seems to be pretty happy about, um, uh, you know, just doing these types of things. Like I have read, like there's in the near future, I've got a head economist coming on at one of the biggest blockchain companies in the world, reached out to him cold, basically ran your exact same strategy, said, Hey, my name's Ben ran across some, I think it was an article where he was quoted in something and it was like, you know, this is really interesting. This is what I focus on. If you would love to have a guest, if you want to come on and talk shop and it's incredible. Like within a day, he'd responded, said coordinate. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what? Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's so awesome. Now he's going to have a lot more crypto knowledge than I do, Ben. So oh, for sure. Be- <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I definitely have to mind my P's and Q's with some of these guests because they get into like actual trades and implications of all this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Um, I had a guy, I was talking with another guy who was talking about this long, short, like convexity trade. And I was like, Im- like, what are, what are the implications? Like, and he's just market neutral. And I was like, okay, I got that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, you're, listen, you're not licensed anymore, right? No, no. All right. Well, then you're no. good. You're yeah. good. <laughs> uh, there, I, hey, I've got disclosures on all these. None of this is financial advice. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, let's see. I mean, we I, we just did almost an hour. Do you want to find? Dude, that's that's oh. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that too. It just happens. Yeah, it just happens. That's crazy. I love it. Um, well, let's let's maybe find a place to wrap it up here. Like, do you want to leave with anything about social advisors or, you know, whatever? I know you got some waves to go catch. So, yeah, well, you know, I don't I the wind's probably on them, but I'm going to I'm going to cross my fingers and hope. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, um, why don't we leave with, um, I'll just offer myself up as a resource. Sure. Right. Love talking sure. to people. And if you're an RIA leadership, man, we'd love to interview you for RIA Collective. 
Cool. Um, so you want me to just kind of monologue that real quick? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. Ben, this is absolutely awesome. And I, I, I love what you're doing for the advisor community because I really strongly believe the greater differentiator that you have, the frankly, the easier it is to find your tribe, find your audience and build your practice. Um, so I, I love what you're doing for our community. Um, and if it's of any use to your listeners, I'll certainly happy to offer my offer myself up as a resource. 20 some years in this business. And, um, you know, uh, uh, I know a couple of things about marketing and building a business and, and sales strategy. And, uh, you know, that, that article strategy that I shared, it works. It's awesome. Gets in front of your audience every single oh, day if you put time sure. into it. Yeah. hundred awesome. percent. So, yeah. So check, they can check us out at social-advisors.com. The podcast is racollective.com. Um, and then I, there's only one of me. There's only one Charlie, Charlie Van Derven in the world. And that's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm su- super easy to find on LinkedIn or Google nice. or whatever, but yeah, by all means, man, I, you know, anybody who's got marketing questions or, you know, wants to hammer some strategies out, I'm more than happy to be that guy. Cool. Well, advisors listening, go talk to Charlie. He'll he'll get you more leads and they'll all be super qualified and they'll be your best friends. So <laughs> I'm going to more than get you leads. I'm going to implement systems so you can get leads yourself. Oh, there you go. That's there it, go. man. We don't sell leads. We sell systems. Why well, I, I can't see buying leads when you can easily put a system in place. so You can just acquire your own leads consistently. There you go. And that's how he surfs all day. So and that's how I surf. All day. You've got <laughs> well, surfing, surfing golf. Cool. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. All right.